welcome to America's number one sex podcast, Dr. Sex Fairy. I am Dr. Kaval Bhava, America's favorite sex doctor, and I am here to transform your life. As many of you are aware, I have a TikTok account called Dr. Sex Fairy that has over 110 million views at this time. This means that I spend a good amount of time on TikTok myself. Occasionally, I come across content that really resonates with me, and I want to discuss one such video. But first, let's discuss something that you can do for this podcast. Leaving a review on Apple Podcasts is an easy way for you to support the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast and me personally. It costs you nothing but a minute of your time, and it is these reviews that help a podcast grow. A five-star review is great, but a few words can turn that five-star review into a seven-star in my opinion. Your review doesn't have to be long. Just mention what you like about this podcast or something that really hit the mark with you. Mention an episode that you really enjoyed. Leave me some words and emojis. I read every single review. And if your review is read on the show, you will get a free 10-minute call with me. If your review is read on this or any other episode, email me at askme at drsexfairy.com so that we can get our call set up. Today I am going to read a review by Eddie Oakland titled, Episode 80, Where is the G-Spot? He says, Where was this information 40 years ago? It would have been amazingly helpful. Sex was like running around a room with 50 padlocks, and you have one key that fit one lock. So much time spent on self-doubt, creating tension, wondering what and how to do things. Excellent presentation. Dr. Bava is terrific. Need to visit her clinic. Thank you so much, Eddie. Don't forget to email me at askmeadoctorsexfairy.com. Let's get back to that TikTok video I came across a few months ago. It really got me thinking, and I am going to play it for you. We're going to a parking lot, and there's a fee to park. I think that the guy gets there first and says, hey, Mr. Parking Attendant, there's a beautiful lady coming. She's going to be driving a black Panamera. I'm going to go ahead and pay for her parking. I'm meeting her here for dinner. That's what I think. I think that if I valet park my car, when you take my ticket and hand it to the valet guy, which I'm sure that you're going to do because you were raised with some manners, that you're also going to take care of the tip for the valet guy. Now, maybe I'm just old-fashioned. I don't need you to pay for my valet parking. I just think that it's kind of like chivalry or something. I also think that you're going to say, I had a lovely evening with you. Please text me when you get home. I want to make sure that you got home safely. Or text me and let me know that everything's okay. Or do you want me to follow you home? Or I want you to be concerned about my safety. Here, I'm this big boss at work. You think I don't need anybody to worry about me getting home. Well, I probably don't need anybody to worry about me getting home. But it certainly is nice thinking that you care that I got home safely. And it certainly is nice that you picked up the fee for the valet. Is the two, three, four, five, ten dollars that you're going to tip him going to break you? I certainly hope not. And today I have on the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast, Glenda Baker, the lady in that video. She is a realtor from Atlanta and a social media star. I can't wait to discuss the topic of alpha women who love gracious and chivalrous men. Because being an alpha female doesn't mean that we don't want to be treated like ladies. Welcome, Glenda. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. 
And I have been looking forward to this. I know our schedules have been a little crazy. We talked a couple of months ago, I guess, when I first put that video out. And so I've been looking forward to seeing you. I am delighted that we finally made it happen. So tell me, Glenda, tell me about the point you were trying to make in that video. What happened was I went out on a date and we went to this lovely restaurant and they valet parked your car. And when we walked out, instead of taking my ticket and handing it to the valet, he handed his own ticket first. I handed the valet guy my ticket and they brought my car. And rather than him taking care of the valet to, you know, I did that. And so it's not that I needed anybody to pay my valet tip or my valet fee. It was more of treat me like a woman. And it's almost like make me feel like a woman. Take that initiative, take the control in making a woman feel like a woman. Because when we feel feminine, when we feel taken care of, when we feel safe, when we feel protected, you're going to get It's just that simple. I promise you that. And so I did a video about it because I haven't dated in 15 years. And so I was shocked. Every man that I had dated previous to that had always taken my ticket, made sure that I was in my car safe, text me when you get home. And I was like, oh, this is a completely different world. So 15 years of not dating, it certainly has changed out there. When I went into the dating world, I was scandalized because Now it was a world of online dating, of swipe mentality, and things had changed a lot. I've been doing online dating, and in fact, I'm about to start a series called Tinder Tips, and just tips for men and their profile. Like, don't shoot every camera shot up your nose. If every shot is of you taking a selfie, do you not have any friends? I mean, it's just kind of stuff like that. But I will tell you, it it has been almost an interesting experiment. I've talked to many of my friends, other very successful women in powerful positions. And I have to tell you, the one common thread that I have found is that men are not taking that initiative with us. Almost because our name is on the door or we're in a power position at work, they're almost satisfied to take that more submissive position. And I haven't met any woman that's in power, any woman that's an alpha at work that wants to be like that in the bedroom, that wants to be like that in a personal male-female relationship. And I mean, I just think that men are missing the opportunity because for women like us, the ability to kind of relinquish the control is really what we're looking for. I speak for myself. I'm a lamb to the slaughter once you do that. But it's very difficult to find men that feel confident enough, that aren't intimidated, that really enjoy taking that power position, personal relationship. You are speaking for me as well, because I have the same exact problem. I feel that I work in an alpha situation at work all the time. I don't want to always be wearing the pants in the relationship. I would love to have a man take care of me. Yet, they are so intimidated that that's usually not even an issue. Most of them are too nervous to even ask me out. That's the thing is, you know, I mean, I think I'm attractive in my bio. I think I've given it a lot of thought, playful to passionate. 
I think that I have really put out all of the signs like I am definitely single. I am definitely available. And it's shocking to me. And then you'll go out and they don't really want to talk about you or learn about you. It's almost like they want to like talk all about themselves, build themselves up. And I keep thinking to myself, maybe they're like giving themselves a pep talk to kind of get themselves in the right position. I don't know, but it has, it is definitely very interesting. And I'm 55. So it's very interesting dating in this age group, in this financial position in 2023, for sure. <laughs> I honestly think we make them nervous. And I think yeah. part of them rambling is because they're so nervous. And it's not even something we're doing. It's a perception they have. And we can't help that. Yeah, I mean, I went out with this guy. I mean, this guy is drop dead, make your mouth water, cheek. <laughs> gorgeous. I mean, this guy is spectacular looking. And this guy is so nervous that he almost can't carry on the conversation. And I was so nervous because, you know, he's 10 years younger than me. He's this super man about town, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy's really going to come in like, you know, blaze of glory. But No, this guy is totally nervous. And then he doesn't open the door for me. He walks in front of me like we were in a crowded space. And it wasn't like he led the way. And I'm just like, are you serious? Like, that's so weird to me. When did men stop being men? Part of me wants to take on some responsibility as a woman, like, You know, did we become so powerful that it took their confidence away? I don't know. I think a lot of men are also a little hesitant because some women will bite their head off if they try to be chivalrous because they perceive it as them being weak. And it's not them being weak. It's just the man being chivalrous. There's a difference. Because like I said, I still want a chivalrous man. Anything less is a turnoff. And we have brought some of it on ourselves. But then again, my son recently went on a school trip and the girls got the nicer rooms and he was highly offended. He said, this is very sexist and he's 12. So he's having this discussion with me and he's genuinely upset about it. He said, why is it that women talk about equality, but then they get the nice rooms? That is just so hypocritical. And I had to explain to him that, you know, we still have to treat women like ladies. One has nothing to do with the other. You always want them to have the better room. Because that's what gentlemen do. And I think that men underestimate giving us, you know, I don't want to say princess treatment, but kind of I do. I mean, if I feel safe and protected and engulfed in somebody, my clothes almost just fall off. <laughs> like this intuition, it's, it's like this sixth sense, like knowing that I want to sit to the left of you, like knowing what I want to drink. Like knowing when to put your arm around me, knowing when to, you know, come in with that machismo and then knowing when to turn it down. I never, ever thought that I would be single at 55. Nothing could have prepared me. And, I, and I've done online dating. I did Match.com for a minute. I did Bumble. I did Hinge. I did Tinder. People scared me about Tinder. Oh, those are just the people that want to hook up. But you know, I got to tell you, I've met some very interesting people on all of them. And definitely Tinder has been a smorgasbord of opportunity. It runs the gamut of whatever you want. Do you think Tinder really is a booty call app for most people? 
I'm sex positive. So I'm not saying that, you know, sex or a booty call is, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I think that if you disclose what it is exactly that you're looking for, if I'm willing to jump in the boat, that's a decision between two consenting adults. I mean, I found Tinder to be much more blunt about what they were looking for. Whereas on the others, I found it much more disguised. But ultimately, I felt like that it was just looking for a piece of ass. But on Tinder, I think what I respected was I'm married. I'm looking for friends with benefits. I'm not looking for anything serious. I'm definitely looking for a hookup. Tell me exactly what it is that you want and at least give me the opportunity to pick and choose. So at least it was more upfront on Tinder in that sense. Yeah, for the most part. And again, I mean, I'm attracted to that machismo. I'm attracted to that alpha male. And, you know, for me, I don't find it a turnoff when you're coming on strong because, you know, I'm attracted to that. And I want to be treated like a girl. I wear a dress. I wear fancy, sparkly heels. I want my hair rubbed. I want my shoulder kissed. I want all of those nuances. That's one thing I just totally don't understand is like the kiss. You can kiss someone anywhere. The bathroom, the bedroom, the kitchen, the car, at the mall, shopping at the grocery store, anywhere. Like you can you can be in a room full of people and kiss somebody. Playful to passionate. You can kiss someone anywhere. Their forehead, their ear, their shoulder, their mouth, their body. It is the most underplayed intimacy ever. It's almost like a love language, the kiss, because it's from playful to passionate and everything in between. Why would you not play that up? You know, you're preaching to the choir. I keep saying, what happened to the kiss? The art of the kiss. If you are a great kisser, literally my clothes just fall off. Because that's just like the spark to the plane. That is the first indicator of the closeness of the the intimacy. Like I literally have been kissed. It was like taking my next breath. It was just wanting to consume that person, just literally wanting to kiss them and not stop. A kiss is everything. A great is. kiss is everything. Yeah. And the ones that are bad <laughs> kissers, oh, oh my Lord, have mercy. The ones that circle. <laughs> They circle with the tongue. (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah. Like, surely you did not get to this age and somebody (laughs) didn't say to you, you need to stop that shit. See, the problem is women just move on to the next one. They don't tell him and they ruin him for the next one. Chivalry and the right kiss, I think, are magic. They are. I mean, it's almost like a one-two punch because the chivalry is like, treating someone with like reverence, like so much respect here, like a precious treasure. And who doesn't want to feel treasured? I love that word, reverence. I look for that. People talk about possessiveness as if it's a negative thing, but aren't you possessive of things that you treasure? Not in a negative way, not in a bad way, but you hold them with such respect and such reverence. And that's what I want to be to someone. I want someone to look at me and not be able to get enough. I want somebody to hold me with that regard. I want to be able to look across the room and it's our own secret language. I want somebody to to whisper in my 
you're in the shell. And it's like an our little secret just between the two of us. Tell me what you're going to do to me when you get me. Tell me what it is she. I mean, again, my clothes just, I mean, love. <laughs> to me, this seems, it would be intuitive to a male to do this. To me, it seems like that. I feel like they've been given such the easy out. They've been given this opportunity to where the bar is set. So, oh, well, he texted me good morning. Okay. Is that your bar for greatness? Like, what have we come to? We share a part of the fault because a lot of times I think that women don't give men the opportunity to be the man. I think you're absolutely right. I think we have come to a point where this woke world has gone a little too far. And I'm all for women's lib. I'm all for feminism. I'm all for strong women. My God, I was raised to be one and I refuse to be anything but as a grown woman. But I think a lot of us have taken it way too far. We have confused the opposite sex and now we are paying the price for it. Yeah, I think that giving yourself to someone in an intimate relationship, that's not you giving up your power. That's not you giving up control. That's implicit trust built within an intimate relationship that gives you the comfort and the safety and the security to relinquish that control to someone who you know is going to take care of you. When you're in that trusting relationship, you know that no matter what you do, what you share between you, that they're not going to do anything to hurt you or disrespect you because there is that implicit trust in the intimate relationship. How do you think a couple can get that connection? Number one, it starts with trust and communication. I think that the more you communicate with your partner, and I think for me, feeling like there's no judgment and that that person's intentions are in my best interest fosters the trust, fosters the confidence And I think that once you have that confidence, you're more willing to communicate what you want, what you're feeling, what you need. When there isn't like embarrassment or shame or judgment that surrounds the communication. I read something the other day. It was so wonderful. And I sent a message to my girlfriend. This right here, this is the magic bullet for women after divorce. She feeds off the connection, off the confidence she gets knowing how desirable she is. So true. And I thought to myself, when I feel desired, when I feel like there is no judgment, that this little role is a little bit larger than it was if I were 25, when you feel that level of desire, As a woman, it gives me confidence to share what I want, what makes me happy, what pleases me, where I want to go with the intimacy. Now, have you found that the fact that you are as successful as you are and that you are as famous as you are gets in the way of relationships? 100%. I didn't think anything about putting my name on my dating profile. My name is Glenda. What am I going to put? Susie. So I put my name, Glenda. Well, my name is spelled a little bit different, okay? It says, where do you live? I live in Marietta. What do you do? I'm a real estate agent. And it never, ever occurred to me that someone would Google me. It never occurred to me that somebody would look me up on social media. 
I didn't, I didn't even connect those dots. I get this message the first time it happened. Oh my God, you're on TikTok. And I'm like, uh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. I want to go out with you. And I'm like, okay, you're probably a no. And you know, it's funny. Uh, they sent me a message the other day and they're like, are you the Glenda Baker? And I'm thinking to myself, what? And on top of everything else, I talk about all this stuff. You know, I mean, I'm not hesitant. When you called me, I was like, absolutely. I'd love to talk to you. And my kids are like, you're going to talk to a sex doctor on the podcast? <laughs> like, mom, are you sure you want to do that? Like, everybody, do you want everybody knowing your business? And this is the thing. I have nothing to hide. And I think that women my age, your age, we're shamed into, we're not supposed to want to hang from the chandelier. That is so crazy. The kids are finally gone. You can be as loud as you want to be. Like, now you can scream and yell and walk around naked and do whatever it is that you want to do. Counter, the dining room table, wherever you want to be. And so I think there's this freedom now, and it kills me that women our age don't feel desired. They don't feel free to experiment or dream about this amazing relationship. I love romance novels. I mean, I love romance novels like you believe. I believe it. Your description of the perfect kiss. I was like, Mills and Boone right there, sister. I remember I was sitting at the dining room table and my husband was sitting over here and my son was sitting next to me and his girlfriend was sitting there. And the girlfriend knows that I read these Romeo songs and she goes, Miss Glinda, what's going on in your book this week? I'm like, oh my God, it's the Everest Brothers. And oh, it's fabulous. Like he touches the small of her back. He whispers in her ear. He bites her lip. It's amazing. And she's like, oh, that's so fun. And I turn and I look at my husband and my husband looks at me and he goes, you do realize that's not reality. That's sad because it can be. I looked at him and I said, trust me, I know that is not my reality. And I remember in that very moment in time, like I can tell you what I was wearing. I can tell you what we were eating for dinner. We had lost the intimacy in our relationship many years prior to that. And I was sitting at the table and I was thinking to myself, I think it's probably been two years since he kissed me. And I thought to myself in that moment, do you realize you're never to be kissed again in your life. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't. And I thought to myself, and I said to my daughter, I said, I'm 53 years old. How much sex is left in my life? And she said to me, if you're really staying in your marriage because you're thinking that nobody else is ever going to want you, she is your. You're beautiful. You're successful. You're funny. You're so smart. Thank you. I mean, but I, I was, and I had been conditioned to live like that. And I look around and I see people every day in marriages, in relationships where they settle because they're comfortable. They settle because it's safe. They settle because they're afraid. And if I could give any message, if anybody listening to this could take a message away, don't settle. Know that you can create the relationship of your dreams. And you know, the other yeah. thing you mentioned is that women are selling themselves short when it comes to their marriages, their relationships. And I think they're also selling themselves short when it comes to orgasm. They have decided that 
it doesn't happen for them or that now they're too old. Maybe sex is something that you do when you're younger. Maybe that hot, passionate sex cannot happen at an older age. And it's so untrue. Oh, my God. I thought that. I mean, because it had been years and I was like, obviously, that doesn't work anymore. I've had a radical hysterectomy. I had bladder prolapse at one time. And I, I literally thought in my head, like, those days are long gone. And they are not. No, they are not. They are not. And, and the thing about it is, is that being honest, you know, with your doctor, being honest with what's going on with you, because I was afraid because, you know, my doctor asked me, like, you know, are you able to orgasm from sex? It wasn't until I was honest because, I, you know, I was embarrassed. I thought that I was the one with the problem. And so that's the thing is, I think that women, we're not taught that it's okay to talk about sex, to be sex positive, to want intimacy, to want that type of, throw me around like a rag doll. I mean, <laughs> and you're right. You're exactly right. I've got dozens of friends that if they've had sex in the last 12 months, it's shocking. Your doctor is one of a rare breed because most doctors don't even ask. I talk to my patients. And I often ask them, what did your doctor do about it up until this point? And they say nothing. And usually, even if they have been brave enough to bring it up to their doctor, they've been dismissed. I had a 28-year-old in my office today. This poor girl has not been orgasmic for most of her life. And whatever little she was having went downhill after her childbirth. And a gynecologist will not give her the time of day. And I had a patient on this very podcast. And after her vaginal rejuvenation treatment and all her success and everything, I was just talking to her, just sort of a debrief, like, how's it going for you? And she said to me, when I came to you, I felt like something had died inside. And now I feel that I'm living again. That's pretty profound. Why would women want to live like that? We're literally conditioned to take what you can get. And don't ask for more. Be happy about it. Make the best of the situation. Don't ever tell anybody that you're unhappy. Don't ever tell anybody what you want because they may not want to give that to you and you may create an argument. I think about the last 15 years of my life. I never felt confident enough sexually to talk about when I wanted. And I have to say, being myself and being on video, it has helped me so much just be comfortable with myself. And what's the worst case scenario? You tell somebody what you want and they're like, yeah, you've obviously lost your mind. I'm not going to give you that. Okay, well, then let me find somebody who will fulfill that. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you want. It's not always about just about me. Like, I want my partner to not be able to get enough of me, that I'm so awesome in bed for them that they're intoxicated by me. And you deserve that. And he deserves that. You both deserve that relationship. Do you know the orgasm gap is such a sad thing because so many women are not orgasming? And I talk about this often because I want to raise awareness for the problem. Because every woman thinks that it's her, there's something lacking with her. You know, her relationship is the issue. Maybe her parts just aren't going to work again. But the point is, it's, of course, a mix of all of those problems. It's an amalgam of all of those issues. But there is hope. And I always say that, you know, if you're an alcoholic and you go to AA, the first thing is you have to say, I am so-and-so, and I'm an alcoholic. If you're not having orgasms, you have to be honest with yourself and your partner because you are not doing him any favor by putting on that theatrical act every time you want it to be over. And he thinks he just had a home run. 
Yeah, and and this is the thing. I think that the orgasm is like the ultimate. You're exactly right. It's like the grand slam home run. As long as you started on bases one, two, and three, you're probably getting to home plate. It's just that simple. And most men want to please. They really do. That's the thing that's been crazy. They want to please you. Yes. In fact, recently I had a patient and I was discussing this with him. He had penis enlargement at my office. You know, I do that for a lot of men and they fly to me from all over. And so he came to me from another state and we were talking about his new penis, which was impressive. And it's not that he was lacking when he came in, but now he was epic. And I said to him, you know, this is more for you than anything because you don't have to be that big to please a woman. And we got into this whole conversation about how women mostly have clitoral orgasms anyway. He said, yes, but I do want to please a woman with a vaginal orgasm. That to me is a success. And I thought, wow, he really wants to please. He said, of course, I can give her clitoral orgasm, but I want to give her a vaginal orgasm. And I think now I'm better equipped. And I thought, hallelujah, we need more of him. Yeah, praise the Lord and pass the orgasm. Yeah, but they're out there. They're out there. And I think if we can be honest with our partners, I think everybody wins. So Glenda, you are a star and you are on every social media there is. How can people find you? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So it's Glenda Baker, G-L-E-N-N-D-A, Baker, B-A-K-E-R. And literally, it's Google Glenda. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, anywhere, YouTube, anywhere and everywhere. And for the most part, I talk about real estate, but, you know, I talk about a lot of things about my personal life. And as I said, I'm going to start a new series called Tinder Tips on Tuesday. I can't wait to hear that. And, you know, you have some very funny stories on there and very thought-provoking stories. I mean, you say it all with humor, with kindness. But you make people think. You make me think. I always look forward to your videos. Well, thank you so much. You never, ever know who you're going to attract. But for me, my videos are to inspire, impact, inform people. If it was just one person today, then to me, it was a successful day. Well, I met you at 123 Banana Street, didn't I? See? How old am I? See, I am a fan. But thank you, Glenda. You are awesome. And I'm so glad we had this discussion from the art of the kiss, from romance, from, you know, strong men to strong women, everything in between. Thank you for such a great discussion. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to spend time with you. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to meet you in person. I can't wait. Until next time. I hope you enjoyed the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast today. I would love to continue this conversation with you. If you would like to get in touch with me, email me at askme at drsexfairy.com. Don't forget to follow this podcast and leave me a five-star review. And make sure you follow my blockbuster hit TikTok account, Dr. Sex Fairy.